Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Thanks so much for joining us on this Saturday morning. Denny Long away for a couple of weeks. He'll be back for sure. Uh, here on CCO, Steve Thompson sitting in. Dennis Matuzak is here on this Saturday morning. Dan Burns is here. Our car care show underway. And we should throw those numbers out. 651 989 Nine two two six six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. You can use that to send a text or call the studio and visit with Dan. Dan, how you been? I'm good, Steve. How are you? Very good. Good to visit with you. Uh, the dew point uh, down a little bit, sixty degrees uh, here in the cities. We have sixty nine degrees. Sun on the way. It's going to dry out uh, today, tomorrow, even into Monday. It looks like our rain may return. On Tuesday and Wednesday here, uh, so a little a bit drier weather and uh, probably not wearing out the air conditioners in our vehicles. You know, the uh, the the shop at Lloyd's Automotive, we have not had the air conditioner running in the shop. And I'll tell you what, some of those dew point mornings were a challenge for the crew. <laughs> yeah. It gets really hot. You bring the hot vehicles in and uh, and add the humidity in the air. It's it's uh, it's kind of a challenge. And I suppose uh, they have been very busy working on air conditioners that are on the fritz. Is that kind of the number one thing, or is is it that not a big deal? Are they pretty reliable? Well, oh no, it is. It is for sure the number one deal. Deal, you know, air conditioning is uh, one of those pieces of a car that. You know, if if it doesn't work and the weather's moderate and and you don't want to spend the money, you can live without it. But uh, when you get a season like we've had uh, going here, uh, people quickly make the decision that it's time to bring it in and and uh, get the air conditioning checked out, probably get it recharged and uh, and send it on down the road. But that is the mo- by far the most common thing that we're doing right now, and. Uh, the most common repair is that the refrigerant gas in the uh, in the air conditioning system has leaked out and needs to be refilled. Yeah, and uh, finding that leak is important. I know there's do-it-yourself kits, but that doesn't get to the root problem of the cause. Number one, you need to find that leak. Well, you, you do need to find. You, well, you know, you you want to find that leak, but that being said, uh, the 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 air conditioning system has uh, an oil and a, and the dye in it. We put a dye back in it when we charge it, so that if it leaks, uh, we can find it. But if it takes several years for the gas to leak down, sometimes you know the gas is much thinner. The gas will leak out through some very very small port, and uh, and the oil will not. And so, unless we have sign of a leak. Uh, it can it can sometimes be impossible to find it, and so uh, you know if, if if you had your air conditioning charged uh, two or three years ago, 
and you find that uh, this year it's it's you know not working as efficiently as it was. Uh, sometimes the only solution we can do for you is to to fill it back up because the leak is so slow uh, that we're just not going to be able to find it. Yeah, and it's one of those things too where you need to be very careful because a uh, great friend of the family worked on cars for many many years and and still works on cars. Had someone stop by and see him. And they had used one of those do-it-yourself things, and they had overcharged it, and it didn't work. So, no, you know, yeah, knowing what yeah. you're doing is important. <laughs> you know, air conditioning is—it's just physics. It's—it's—it's it's, uh, it's taking a gas and uh, and um, pushing it through an orifice and making it go from high pressure to low pressure. And if those pressures aren't correct with the system either being low or the system being too high, if the pressures aren't correct, then the cooling that happens from the gas going through that orifice doesn't happen. And, of course, the air conditioning won't work. And so that's, you know, that's the trouble with trying to refill it yourself. First of all, you don't even know for sure that that's what's wrong with the system. And secondly, every time, every time, 100% of the time, when we recharge an air conditioning system, we take all of the old gas out, measure it, clean it, and then put the exact proper amount back in. And, it's a, it, you know, you have to be very, very careful because a lot of these systems, especially the new cars, don't even, they take less than one ounce of gas, and that's not very much. Wow. And so it's pretty easy to get it wrong if you're not measuring it exactly, uh, you know, like, like you would do with a professional machine. Let's get those phone lines going at 651-989-9226, 651-989-9226. And you can send your text to that number as well. So we've got one number now on the program and all our programs, 651 989 9226. That's good uh, for the phone or the text here on the CCO. Dan Burns, good enough to join us. Let's go to the phone lines. Let's bring in Kelly. Kelly, you're on the air. Hello. Good morning, guys. Long term listener, I have a unique question problem. I'm building a mid engine custom car using a 1995 Lincoln Continental V8. That's a 4.6 liter. And I've got it in the car and I tested for spark. Last week, and I had spark. I put gas in it yesterday and tried to start it. It popped once, and then I lost spark. Any suggestions why or where I start looking to where, why I lost spark? And I am using a Lincoln computer wiring. Yeah. Well, um, when a vehicle cranks and won't start, uh, that, you know, there's really only four major components. The the spark, the fuel, the compression, and the timing, and you've taken the first step. You figured out which, which, uh, which one of those things you're missing, and it happens to be the spark. And now you need to look at the uh, at the spark system itself, and you know, start at the spark plug and work your way back. You started at the spark plug. You said, "Hey, there's no spark here," so you work your way back. The next place you go is the output. Uh, from the ignition coil and see if you're getting spark there. If you are getting spark there, then the trouble is in your distributor cap somewhere and, 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 and going out from there. 
if you still aren't getting spark at the uh, a coil wire, you need to work your way back to the ignition coil and check the inputs to the ignition coil. And of course, you should have uh, battery voltage on the positive side of the coil. And when you're cranking the engine, the negative side of the coil should be flashing, should be flashing 12 volts to ground uh, on and off. And that's the switch. And if you don't have that switch, if it's not flashing, then you need to look at your, then you need to get back to your computer system and in the in the primary side of the coil and see what you're missing there. And at that point, uh, I can't describe it to you anymore. I'd have to look, I'd have to look it up a little bit and and look at some wiring and and see what's going on. But uh, but you can at least get back that far and and see where your signal is stopping. And then that's where you start to repair. And quite honestly, that's uh, this is what we do all day long. This is this is how we fix cars. Is you follow a procedure, and uh, and that's and that's and you go back to where the problem originates, and and that's where you do the repair. All right, Kelly, good call to get us started today. Quick break. We'll come back with more. Mike and Raj waiting on the line. We have texts as well. Here's the number: six five one nine eight nine. 9226. Dan Burns joining us from Lloyd's Automotive on Grand Avenue in St. Paul with our car care show. We'll continue in a moment. It is 724 on a Saturday morning. Car care show underway. Dan Burns, Lloyd's Automotive joining us. And we have a couple of calls lined up and we should go there without further ado. Let's bring in Mike in Roseville. Mike, you're on the air with Dan. Hi, good morning, Dan. Guys, see, uh, I have a 2014 GMC Savannah van, and I don't care if it's 20 below zero or 90 degrees out. When I start it up, after it's been sitting for a while, uh, it revs up pretty high, like around 1,400, 1,500 RPMs, and it stays up there for a little while, maybe like a minute or so. Then it slowly drops down. Uh, Is that normal for it to do that? You know, it it could be. Um, It it, it could be that the computer has a strategy that it wants and fast idle on startup is certainly one of those and uh maybe a minute when you said that that felt like maybe that's a little bit long for the idle to stay up there but uh but i but i don't i don't know that without looking it up and seeing how it's how it's supposed to work but the uh, timing of it is something that I think is difficult to do anything about. The the fact that it starts up at fourteen hundred and then after a minute, you know, drops down uh, tells me that the idle control motor and all of that stuff is working. And so I think that the uh, the the period of time that it's staying up there is part of the strategy of the computer, and I'm not sure that there's anything you're going to do about that. So anyway, a long answer to a simple question. Uh, yes, I think that that probably is normal operation for uh, the way that vehicle is designed. Um, what, what about the really hot, humid days? We had a lot of humidity. It, it, maybe it's, it's just my truck's getting old, but I, I pay closer attention to any new noise or any unusual behavior in my old pickup truck. But it seemed to be on those really humid days, dew points above 70. It, it was running a little rougher, especially on startup. It, it didn't start up and run smoothly right out of the gate. 
Yeah, you know, hot hot is hard on a car for sure. And uh, in fact, uh, we're busier nowadays. Back in the old days, you don't remember when it was twenty below. Yeah, and you, you'd call the local repair shop, and you couldn't get any help. It was so busy, and that's not so much the case anymore because like, cars have gotten so good, they actually start pretty good when it's twenty below. But uh, but it seems like hot weather is when uh, we're the busiest now, and you know hot. Cars have become so electronic, and and hot is hard on cars. And you know, an, an older truck like yours too, hard uh, on that. And uh, I think that probably what's going on is it's just a function of the of the wide range of temperatures that the vehicle's going through. And you know, it's it when when you shut it down, it's really hot and. You know, things are when you go to restart it after things are have cooled off. It takes a minute for it to get everything back into you know the the air fuel mixtures and all of that sort of stuff. It has to get all that re sure. uh, calibrated and into the right spot. And and especially on an older vehicle, it needs to adjust that stuff more to make it run smooth. And I think that's probably what's happening on your yeah. car. And you don't have quite have as much compression as you used to, and you have more carbon on your valves and all that sort of stuff. So it's just normal operation of an over, older vehicle. And I'm going to hang on to it as long as the radio works and the air works. As, as long as those two things keep going, I'm going to keep driving it. Uh, let's go That's to the phones. <laughs> let's go to the phones. Roger and Egan, you're on the air with Dan Burns. Hello. Good morning, Dan. I've got a 2013 VW Touring diesel. Sometimes when I start it, the power steering doesn't work at all. I have to shut the unit off and restart it to get the power steering working. I'm wondering what causes this and how expensive is it to repair it? Well, on a 2013, I wonder if electric power steering, and I I don't know that without looking at it or or looking it up, Um, but it might be. And if that's the case, then... You know that it's computer operated, and uh, um, shutting it down and starting it back up would, you know, reboot the computer system, and then it comes back to life. And and with power steering, there's a whole bunch of inputs that it needs to work properly. And if it's not that, if it's a hydraulic thing that's going on, then then uh, then I would be uh, concerned that maybe you have a pump that's failing or something like that. There's a valve sticking in it. And the fluid's just bypassing and not getting to the uh, to the uh, power steering rack. But without looking that up, I'm not sure. And actually, you could check this yourself. See if you have uh, power steering fluid. And if you have power steering fluid, then certainly it's a it's a mechanical system and a hydraulic system. And uh, and then you've got something going on with the fluid uh, that's not right. Quick break. We have more with Dan Burns coming up. It is the Car Care Show. Dan from Lloyd's Automotive on Grand Avenue in St. Paul. The phone number on the program, 651-989-9226, 651-989-9226, and you can send your text. We have uh, something from the text line, actually a few there, and we'll get to that in a moment as well with Dan. It is our Car Care Show. Dan Burns, Lloyd's Automotive, joining us this morning via the phone, and, of course, our phone number is 651 989 Nine two two six. You can text not six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Same number, text line or phone line 
here on CCO. And speaking of the text line, Dan, let's start there. Uh, from the text line, haven't heard E85 discussed in a long time. My town and country can use it, but I've never filled my car with it. Uh, any concerns about E85? No, if the, if the vehicle's built for it, and it needs to be built for it, um, you know, it, it changes a few things uh, with the calculations when you do put E85 in it. And uh, it's funny that the car actually knows what fuel it, it can measure the alcohol uh, content in the fuel line, but it uh, but it knows when you have E85 or or some mixture uh, you know comparable to that, um, and it changes things. But uh, no, if the car is built for it, that's why they built them uh, that way. And you'll notice that the E85 uh, fuel costs are quite a bit less, and I think you'll find that the performance is just fine. And the only thing you'll notice is that the mileage might be a little bit less. Um, but, uh, but no, it's built for it, and, uh, and you do the math and see if it's worth it to you or not. But uh, E85, E85 is a great product, and, and it's been around a long time, and it works just fine in cars. Yeah, and I, I think it's the yellow cap. I don't know if that's still the case. But uh, check your owner's manual. It'll probably say somewhere where you put the fuel in if it is E85 capable. So. Yeah, I think on the door, you know, on the yeah. on the cover of the of the fuel sure. cap, uh, or on the cap itself, it usually says it. Yeah, uh, from our text line again, 08 Buick LaCrosse, hundred and twenty six thousand miles. When I first start the car, it squeals a bit, and after a while, it's fine. What could be the problem? Well, it's probably most most common on startup when it's a squeal, uh, you know, with the vehicle sitting and the cranking of the vehicle it takes a little charge out of the out of the battery and when you go to start it up it's when it's putting the most load on the alternator to get all that uh charged back up and when that's happening your belt is slipping a little bit and uh the most common repair for that is that the belt tensioner has gotten old and doesn't have as much it's just it's a spring tensioner and the spring tension is not as strong as it used to be so the belt slips a little bit so the repair would be to replace the serpentine belt and the tensioner, and that'll take care of it for you. Is there any way to tell when a belt is bad, or is it just one of those where I, I've heard the you know the, these belts last forever? It's not like the old days where you really had to keep an eye on them. But uh, is is there kind of a rule, that, or will they tell you in the manual when you should swap the belt out? Yeah, you should. You know. Replace it on, you know, as the manufacturer recommends, or certainly if you've driven it 100,000 miles, you should put a new belt on. We do see them break from time to time. It's not common, uh, but we do. And also, if you look at the inside ribs of the belt, you'll start to see some cracking. And if you can see that the rubber is getting deteriorated and old and, and that cracking is starting to happen, then it's time to replace it. All right, to the full lines we go. Dan Burns, Lloyd's Automotive, joining us here. The Car Care Show on Saturday mornings. By the way, Denny Long taking a couple of weeks off. He'll be back uh, in the middle of July. So once again, uh, Denny Long off today. Steve's sitting in. Let's go to Jay and Hopkins. Jay, you're on the air with Dan Burns. Yeah, I say, Dan, I got a 1986 Cadillac Coupe de Ville. It's just got a small, small um, V8. It's got uh, 9,000 miles on it. 
but it runs perfect. I run non-oxygenated gas in everything I own, but what happens is it runs perfect, starts fine, and sometimes if I um, shut it off for five minutes, go to the grocery store, come back out, it will start and die. You have any idea what's what's going on with it? It doesn't do it all the time. It just does it once in a while. But it'll start up and die. It's injected. And then, and then will it restart again right away? Yeah, start fires right up. Yeah. Huh. Well, um, the, the when you describe that on the eighty the the uh, eighty six vintage, uh, we it was very very common for fuel pressure regulators. Uh, to leak a little bit, the the fuel pressure regulator will introduce a little bit too much fuel into the intake manifold, and so when you go to start it, it's it's uh, pretty rich. It's a, it's a pretty rich mixture. So uh, that's probably where I would would start to look, and then you know the car doesn't have very many miles on it. But the other thing that that has a lot to do with uh, idle control is if the throttle plate is real clean where the air goes into the uh, into the intake manifold, if that throttle plate gets all full of carbon, then it's not getting enough air. Um, and, the, and, you know, the, the, the vehicle's smart enough to compensate for that, but uh, on startup, sometimes it, won't, it doesn't catch up to that. So those are two things that I would do is check the, uh, in, or the uh, fuel pressure regulator. When you shut the vehicle off and let it sit for a minute or two, there's a vacuum line on that regulator. Just check and see if there's any fuel there if you can smell any fuel it's leaking and needs to be replaced and the other thing is clean your throttle plate and you'll find that your idle quality improves quite a bit let's go to barry and big lake barry you're on the air with dan burns hello good morning i have a 96 buick century with a v6 and it has a nagging oil leak my local guy said we have a oil pan gasket that's leaking and uh, fix it will be really pricey and I didn't ask him yeah. why, and I'm kind of wondering <laughs> why is it so pricey? Because uh, because you just don't have access to it without. Uh, oftentimes, uh, on that vehicle, the en- the engine, the the front cradle, is what holds the engine and transmission assembly into the vehicle. And oftentimes, to to access the oil pan, that engine cradle needs to be dropped down. Uh, before you do that, and the engine is actually suspended, we ha- we have special tools that will that will suspend the um, the engine and transmission while we work on it and take that cradle down. But it's just a labor-intensive job, and you know because of that, it gets to be expensive. And so, first of all, uh, make sure that he's really comfortable that that's what's really leaking. Um, but if that's the case, then, then that's the only way to do it is to get at it. And to get at it, you have to, uh, you have to go through that whole process of taking the cradle down. Yikes. That doesn't sound like fun. That that sounds like a big job. As the vehicle gets older, uh, depending upon how much it's leaking, uh, sometimes people just choose to keep it full and, and, uh, and be satisfied with that. And throw some cardboard down on the. Garage floor. All right, Tan, we've got to floor, yeah. yeah, we've we've got to run. Uh, good to visit with you as always. How do people reach Lloyd's Automotive on Grand Avenue? Well, you can find us on the web at Lloyd'sAutomotive.net. L L O Y D S Lloyd'sAutomotive.net. We're closed today for the holiday weekend, but we're open most Saturday mornings. Uh, so you can give us a call at six five one two two eight one three. One six, or come on over. We are at 982 Grand Avenue, right between 
Lexington and Victoria on Grand Avenue. All right, always great, Dan. Take care. All right, we'll see you next week. There he is, Dan Burns, Lloyd's Automotive. Steve sitting in for Denny this weekend next. Denny returns later in July. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.